Tati, God Almighty. This is the Sweat Equity Podcast. I'm your host, Law Smith. The bumping you may or may not hear in the background is a party going on downstairs below my office at Toka Baga Consulting, tokaworks.com, solving how. Hashtag. All right. So, um,. The ironic thing about me recording this on, late on Thursday night, I try to get this podcast out early Thursday morning, is uh, I give advice to our guest, comedian, Carmen Morales. Very funny. Um, very funny comedian. Uh, one of those people you, you become fast friends with when you do comedy. Um, you know, you, you hang out with people for a little bit, and then you're like, I like what they're about. And then you may not see them for a year, and then you talk again, and it's it's like uh, your BFFs. Um, so I feel like that's a lot of the comedy communities, just a lot of that. I feel like I got a lot of friends in that community, but it, then it's like, you know, you're just you're all gypsies. So this is going to be a good talk. She uh, hit me up about her new podcast, No Sir, I don't like it, and so. Um, we talk about, she asked me, hey, do you have any nerd advice? Not her words, mine. Do you have any nerd advice on how to market a podcast? And I was like, well, I love doing this one, but, you know, I don't think I'm the guru, but I'll tell you what I know on a online marketing level, and then I'll tell you what I know, you know, by listening to uh, other people that are startups that, you know, they're just normal people that, aren't in the entertainment area, don't have the following when they start a podcast. I feel like that's the big kind of riff for a lot of people. You got to build an audience. And, you know, just like if you start your own business, a lot of people gravitate towards it. If you're just putting effort, you try to make it good, and you're doing your own thing. That's kind of just astonishing a lot of the time. So I'm a little uh, punchy. Just came off stage uh, out of a show at the Improv. And I wanted to make sure I got this intro in before I uh, head out. So um, make sure, do the cheat code, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. But, you know, if you want something better than iTunes, we have the Laughable app. We're part of that. We're listed on there. The deal with Laughable is that you can tag me or your favorite comedian or uh, I think any personality that's been on a bunch of podcasts or has their own big one. And uh, it'll let you know when you go on another podcast. So if you you like uh, Al Madrigal, he was making the rounds to promote the new Showtime uh, show, I'm Dying Up Here. Fucking awesome, by the way. Watched the first one. I was amazed um, by how good of a drama it is to get the comedy store in the 70s. But uh, it would tell me, oh, he's on Rogan. He's on Burtcast. He's on this and that. He's on WTF. So if you want to tag people to follow them, that's kind of the big problem with a lot of podcast apps is you can't do that. So, um, you know, go give us a rating over on iTunes, then go download <laughs> the Laughable app, and then, you know, you can tag me and hear this mumble on other people's podcasts. The other thing is uh, this is where we fill in a sponsor. So right now, um, you know, Squarespace, I love you. This is where you're fucking up. Give us a promo code. Just give us a shot, man. Just give us a promo code. Let's see how it goes, okay? Uh, I pimp your stuff out. We've made about 
close to 50 sites this year on Squarespace for clients um, and other endeavors. So Squarespace, give us a holler, man. Just promo code. I'm not even asking for money right now. I just want this spot to be a spot where an ad could be in the future. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? I'll give an anti-ad. Let's do biz filings. Uh, biz filings, get out of my life. Um, they'll send you... <laughs> so here's a big mistake you do when you start a company. A lot of people do the online stuff. That's fine. If you are on biz filings, just go over to LegalZoom. It's the same competitor. It's biz filings is Pepsi. LegalZoom is uh, Coke. And when you start out, you don't know what to you don't know what to do. You just know you need legal stuff done. So you go on uh, one of these sites and just get an LLC or whatever. If you need real help, go back in some of these episodes and go back to any of the chats with Stephen Fantetti, power attorney to the stars. He'll walk you through all that. But biz filings, what they do is they put you on some like auto renew shit. They try to tell you. Hey, if, you know, this is a final notice, like uh, filing the LLC within the state I'm in, Florida. It, it, I don't, I don't know how they're like kind of getting away with the language. I, I think like there should be a class action. Someone get on that. Some, some lawyer that likes doing class action lawsuits, get on that. But biz filings, fuck you, you're annoying, and I don't know how you can kind of auto renew and leverage people like on hey we're going to mess your credit up if you don't get back to us it's like I didn't maybe I signed a four year contract I don't know I don't think so because no other website really works that way I'm rambling a little bit sleep deprived I love my baby I love my wife I love her future baby I'm a little gassed so um in conclusion, <laughs> let's do less rambling with our guest, the funny Carmen Morales. Should be. Is it this way? Is that better? There we go. There you go. Hi. What's up? Now it's live. Now we're on YouTube. This'll I'll download it and then upload it up to Facebook later. Mm -hmm. Kids like it on kids like it on the Facebooks, man. They like to like they like to see it. They so like what, to see it. So what's going where are you at? You're in Ohio doing the I'm in Columbus, Ohio doing the funny bone. And for those that don't do stand up, that's like the um that's one of the holy grail stand-up places because a lot of decisions are made, I guess, there. Whether you go, yep. Go Where a, a lot of people showcase here to be able to work for the company in general. Yeah. Um, and this is like where the, the main booker is for all of the funny bone and some of the improv locations. 
this night there was a showcase and like the show there were two people doing 15 minute sets trying to get work from the funny bone mm -hmm. where are you living now are you in la or chicago i can't keep up <laughs> i live in los angeles now i've been out there about a year mm -hmm. yeah yeah where are you living at you yeah. west sider like i was or are you uh no, it's too far away from everything. I work, I do shows over on the west side, but I live, um, I was living in Silver Lake and now I live in Atwater Village. What, Atwater Village? I don't even know where that, that's at. I'm, I've been out of the game. I don't know what the cool spots are anymore. It's between um, Los Feliz and Glendale. It's like over there. Oh, that's like a new hipster spot. You went Silver Lake, Los Feliz. I got you. I oh no, it's not hipster. There's people with actual money in Atwater Village. Oh, Hipsters oh. can't afford to live there. Yeah, look at it's you. Like legit. That's awesome. That's yeah. good. I live with like 17 people, so that's the only reason I can afford to live there. But <laughs> the commune, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, pretty much. What uh... I live with an actor, a dancer, and then like a normal person. That is very job or something. That's very sitcommy of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, who are you working with? Are you working with anybody? Or are you doing the showcase this weekend? Oh no, I'm working with the uh, amazing Jonathan. Oh my God, one of my favorites. I love him uh, so much. Me too. I'm really excited. I'm I'm excited as like a fan and a comedian. Like I'm working with somebody that I liked when I was a kid, and now. I'm not just getting to see him live. I'm getting to work with him, which is really, which is really rad. Yeah, man. That's awesome. All right. Did you already do, mm -hmm. did you do a Thursday show last night? I did, but he wasn't here. He gets here tonight. So tonight's the, tonight's the big night. Oh, I get you, to see him. Did you headline last night or you just came in town? No, it was Wednesday. I headlined at a different funny bone, the one in Dayton. And then um, last night I featured and they have like a local guy. It's like a local headliner. Yeah. Close it out. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think some of our audience mm -hmm. understands comedy. Some don't. I always try to re-explain it. I mean, you know this. Like, I try to say you become fast friends. Like, uh, we're friends, but you become fast friends with a lot of people where you only get to hang out with them a handful of times sometimes, and you're kind of a gypsy lifestyle. So think of like the salesman lifestyle of being on the road all the time, but also just except you don't have to sell anything other than yourself. <laughs> well, I, I would say that's the ultimate sell kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I'm likable and funny. I, I have a product and, uh, and you know, you could, you want to come see me again. I, I always had right. trouble doing the marketing side for comedy, but anything else outside of it, I'm fine with for my own career, I'd say, but, right. but like, I try to explain, like, think of like, think of the road for your normal job and how crazy you get after a while. And then add this whole other element of people coming up to you after a show and I'm sure you get this because my wife gets it. Oh, you're really funny for a woman or like, or like this, like backhanded, like weird stuff that female comedians get guys don't get it. Uh, mm. any, any, I actually talked about it on the radio. I did a radio interview this morning and I talked about it like, um, it, and it is, it's like one of the most common compliments that female comedians get is like, Oh, I don't, I normally, I don't even like female comedians, but you are really funny. Yeah. As, and, and I know that they're trying to be like, I don't like this, but I like you. And like, so, and I, they're trying to make like amp up their compliment, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, they're really just shitting on you and would not realize <laughs> without realizing it. It's just like, man, if it weren't for your gender, you'd be great. Like just, you know, off the top, but it, here, uh, it, then, as, you know, as progressive as we think, like everything kind of is in a way like the anti-Trump stuff always t tells me that like, 
we're still pretty progressive as a country. And then like mm. you go meet people after a show and you're like, Oh, we're not even close. Like, <laughs> well, that's part of the reason why I, I like to bring it up is to let, because a lot of times it's, it's just ignorance. It's not real. Like they're not really trying to be jerks or maybe they just haven't seen that much female comedy or maybe they just, the stuff that they saw, they didn't you know relate to because the, the industry itself doesn't really push a lot of female comedians. They'll pick one and just, drive that person into the ground you know like for instance like now it's amy schumer everything is amy schumer right now so it's like if you're say from the midwest and are unfamiliar with a ton of female like female comedians which is very easy because there's still not that many in comparison um then it's it's easy for you to just be like oh well, i don't like her she just talks about sex all the time like i don't i don't like that so then that's if that's your idea of what female comedy is and then you see somebody that's doing something different than that then they're like oh my god I don't like this, but I like you, you know? So I, I get where it comes from, but at the same time, I try to put it out there like, hey, just so you know, it sounds backhanded as a person receiving it. Yeah, I think it's most of what you're saying. Like the other part I always look at now when I talk to people is like they, they'll glom their favorite kind of comedian onto you. And I'm like, oh, I'm not Kevin Hart. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm the- Nothing I'm, like that, yeah. I'm I've very, gotten... very much not Kevin Hart. Like- yeah, you love him. I do not. I'm not. I'm not a performance based kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I like getting with the crowd. I like talking with the crowd. I like riffing a lot, but I'm not this like balls. But out. Kevin Hart doesn't do any of that. He doesn't riff with the crowd. He doesn't do any. Of I know. Those I'm not. I'm not any of those things. That's what I tell him. And I think like, sometimes people just they. You made me laugh like this person made me laugh. You guys must be the same. You know, Deborah in accounting is hilarious. She's just like you. And you're like, mm -hmm. fuck, fuck, I hate Deborah. I, hate I get, uh, you remind me of my best friend. You remind me of my cousin. You remind me of my sister. It's always like, it's never anybody famous. Uh, with, with, with the usually like every once in a while, I'll get a uh, Melissa McCarthy, which is just cause I'm fat, but it's like, all right, that's your way off. You're way off. We're completely different. She's way more like slapsticky. And also she's not a, a comedian at all she's a comedic actress i know that that pisses me off too because it's such an elastic term it's like well she's a comedian she's my favorite comedian and you're like like my family will say like oh melissa mccarthy's like a really great comedian and i'll be like Ugh. like that's i'm not gonna correct it's her not true because i've tried to correct everybody and it's just like this mm. is this is not a fight anymore but we'll, we'll, well and also when it comes down to it it doesn't really matter you right. know right you just sound like a dick when you're just correcting people on like comedy nerdism stuff and it's just like mm -hmm. uh for, i don't even care that much ultimately um, yeah but it is one of those things where like you know i i i say it as a male comedian like i saw it but i didn't really understand it until i saw people talking to my wife after a show because she does stand mm -hmm. for the listeners that don't know but like you know it's that thing of like and people are just nervous too to talk to you after a show they just yeah. they just watched you for 30 minutes to an hour and 40 minutes like they don't know what to say there's just like diarrhea plus they're probably drunk so it's just like oh, <laughs> oh, I'll blow. oh i like you you do stuff good yeah let's go smoke some weed in the alley and i'm like i can't i've got a kid i gotta go like it's not this oh, and then I go to the alley. That's the thing is I go to the alley. <laughs> I, I, I used to, man. I used to, and I still would, but now I'm trying to taper off that partying element. Uh, and, right. Wait and, till you, at least wait till your kids are toddlers, you know? So then when it's really stressing you out, 
that's when you really need to start smoking weed again. Well, I mean, for a while. Because then, then you can tolerate him better, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, why does dad look like a dragon and then really chill? Why isn't he angry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I mean, like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working on a little bit more self-discipline stuff, uh, stand up mm -hmm. or otherwise. So it's kind of one of those things where I haven't been partying as much and trying to be like, Oh, this is what a good dad would do. That's kind of right. how I think about stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to worry, you know, worry about this consulting well, firm and all that. So well, you gotta like you gotta keep people alive now. Now you don't have to just care about yourself. You have to like well, keep he, people alive. He's half Asian, so it's he's mostly self-cleaning, self self <laughs> He can take care he already of knows how to play the violin. He's just I mean, he's very impressive. Well, he's uh, the half white part is the the entitlement part. That's the part mm -hmm. I worry about. Uh, but yeah, ooh, I an mean, entitled Asian that'll be fun. That's a fun combo. <laughs> I think I think the low self esteem I bring to the table, I don't think he'll be able to get there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what, so what's going on in your life? Uh, we were I honestly I have to go back through our Facebook Messenger to figure out. You've got a podcast, right? Um, yeah, I just started it. Um, it's only in, I think, like its eighth week. Um, but we have 12 episodes. It's called No Sir, I Don't Like It. And it's me and another very funny comedian named Brian Vokey. And we have, we, I mean, the name, it's, it's very like dead on. We talk about things that we don't like. Anything from uh, social constructs to um, foods to politics to human behavior to um things that comedians do literally anything that we don't like and then we have comic guests we have comedian guests on and they talk about things they don't like because i don't know if you know this but a lot of comedy is based in things that we don't like so what? it's what? yeah it's, it's complain about stuff so it's it's perfect because it's a never-ending pool to draw from and it's a never-ending pool of guests so it's like perfect yeah man well so like i tell because i try to like all right this I'm gonna have to back up a little bit, but we're doing a lot more video commercial based stuff, a lot of video ad stuff. And I, I'm mm -hmm. really pushing comedy as an agenda only because it has the potential to be viral. So the more right. the more viral an ad campaign and if it's actually funny and I've got a, a stable of comedians basically at whenever I need them to punch up anything, mm -hmm. um that the potential to go viral means less money you have to spend in ad money online. So there's a good right. take. So we spend a little bit more on the creative and pre-production. We may have something that's way better than anything we can do by pushing out and forcing it with money. Uh, and that's, yeah. kind of, that's kind of what I've been doing lately. But I try to explain, I have to teach comedy to a lot of people now a little bit. Like what I've learned from taking writing classes at Second City or taking Groundlings classes. And they're all just to improve stand-up, really. I was bad at mm -hmm. riffing, so I wanted to take improv. I was bad at characters. So I took more improv uh, with Groundlings. I didn't know how to write a joke. I just kind of just, I didn't know how to construct one. And mm -hmm. taking a writing class goes, oh, comedy is about contrast, blah, blah, blah. So the angle- They teach you the math. They, make, they teach you the math portion of comedy. And then you bring the human part of it so it doesn't look like math to the audience. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I like, and I'm a math nerd, so I'm into it. But like- at the end of the day, I don't really see it formulaically. You just, you do it so much. It, it, it's embedded in your head almost. And so mm -hmm. I try to tell people improv is all positive. It's yes. And it's working in a team. Stand up is kind of the opposite in the comedy world. It's like, 
it, you have an angle. You're by yourself. You write by yourself. It's like being a rapper, really. Like you, you yeah. write your shit. Or a golfer. It's an individual sport. You don't play no with way. anybody else. Those, those are the two. I can't believe you said golfer because those are literally the two things. I didn't want to get all white, white hetero male on you, but <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dude, I play golf too. It's not just white dudes that do it anymore. No, no I know, but I, I would. I just say the game. <laughs> the games between your ears, really, right? So it's like yeah, it's, you're a, in, it's absolutely a head game. So. But that's why there's a lot of smart people that do it, you know? Well, and the people who aren't very smart, you can tell by their comedy pretty easily. And I, Well, yeah. And I say, like, you know, everybody has a sense of humor, right? So mm -hmm. that's what makes it a little bit difficult. There's no cover bands in comedy, so that, that makes it difficult. I mean, there's... I have, a, I have a bit about something like that where I'm jealous of, like, musicians in that, like, when they want to just fade away, they can just go play other people's songs at a seafood restaurant and as a comic you're a piece of you're a piece of shit if you do that if you go yep. to a red lobster and start doing george carlin jokes you know you're, what i mean you're basically a child molester in the comedy community is how i kind of see mm -hmm. it uh, i think the only thing you can do worse is like steal somebody else's material for your own you know yeah um but it's it's unfortunate there yeah there's no there's no cover bands you know we don't get to just I'm just gonna borrow Steve Martin's act for a little while. I'm gonna do a little a dabble, Amy Schumer, dabble, Daniel Tosh. I mean, people and, do uh, it, but uh, yeah, it's not. It, people don't know how self-policing all this stuff kind of is, and mm -hmm. uh, you it, it gets ingrained in you because the community is the guys in the back. You're playing to two crowds, and this isn't a lot of business too. I work with a lot of attorneys. I say your audience is two people because they bring in business with the actual client but they bring it in with the, with other attorneys. It's the same thing with standup. I want to, I want both sides to really enjoy what I'm doing. I want yeah. the comics to go, Hey, I like that new stuff. You that, want the respect of your peers and you right. want the adoration of strangers. Adoration. <laughs> yeah. All right. Adoration. That's a good word. I like that. <laughs> uh, I tried to use bloviate today. That was one of my, Ooh, Ooh, look yeah. at you. Look yeah. at us patting ourselves on the back. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I like that. You did. You actually patted yourself on the back. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I wanted to kind of give that background on comedy a little bit for those uninitiated because I love that angle of the podcast is just like, Hey, this is a venting kind of hour. It seems like, like this. Is, yeah. Because uh, that's you know. the thing is if, it, if you're funny at it, uh, venting can be really like, I, I, I guess this, I've also, you know, I've been in, in the standup world about a decade now. And some, some of the funniest things that comedians have ever said are in a rant, you know, or in a, out of frustration or whatever it is that they're upset about. So it, this is just kind of an outlet to be able to showcase, um, the, the brilliance of how our minds work. Cause it's different. Like everybody complains about stuff, but we happen to be able to complain about it in a way that is actually not boring to listen to, you know? And yeah. so um, I really want to showcase that because then that, that's the other reason, like you, you can, it's another way for you to also bond with comedians that you think are funny on stage. And then you learn a little bit about them like off stage too. Yeah. 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 And um you know, the comedy is reflective. If they don't get too personal, the angles they, they position on, on subject is like, I, I feel like a lot of the standup I have comes out of frustration. I'm like, why is that that way? And I also yeah. reflect that business as well. Cause I just look at mm -hmm. a lot of things and go, that's dumb. We should be doing it a lot better or faster or cheaper or something like that. Right. So, um, you know, the frustration I think of inefficiency, it took me a while to figure that out. 
um, is kind of where my my jokes kind of center from. I don't know. I haven't seen you enough times. I've seen the times I've seen you, you fucking murder. But um, I, you know, I don't know where that comes from. And I'm guessing, you know, it, it's a lot of like you just sit around and you're like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it, for most of us. Uh, I've I've done a lot of like uh, I don't know if it's soul searching or just kind of self reflection where it's like a lot of the things that I end up talking about are things that I don't understand why we follow these constructs, like these things that are in society that everybody tells you that we're supposed to do these, this is, this is the normative, like, you know, and, and I never, but I'm like, why, you know, why? Like like deodorant. I smell right now. You know, what, what's the big deal? Well, that's, that's so, you know, you want people to be friends with you and enjoy your company. So you need to not smell like a foot. You know, I can get behind that. I understand that. But maybe not use you. Maybe you don't have to use the stuff that, you know, causes Alzheimer's either. You know, so it's a balance to be slightly stinky, but still have your wits about you when you're in your 60s. You know, (laughs) I'll I'll give up. Or, you know, it's I'll give up my 80s. if I Exactly. It'll be to smell like lavender now. Of course, that's 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 a good balance. How do you know? Just even. I, I, I can smell you from here. That's why. I thought it was my secret. That's why I was <laughs> dry. Um, yeah. Oh, give me some other examples y'all been talking about lately. Uh, since you're already. We've talked about, we've actually, the last episode we had, we had a very funny comic named Sam J. She's this black lesbian chick. She is so funny and like really insightful in the way that she's looking at the world. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for dynamic perspectives um, to really uh, showcase like, original thought and things like that but she talked about um she talked about the other side of white privilege like what actually like pushes people into not not understanding it um she talked about um like the progress that has been made within the black community as well um that people aren't are are like the black community itself is being a little bit apprehensive to it just but but it's like they're it's like recognizing that freedoms that are, are coming into black culture you know um for example like there is a rapper out right now that is literally a gang member but who also wears his dress wears dresses when he raps and threatens to kill you you know what i'm saying like that's something before uh in black culture you weren't allowed to be weird you know you had like it was very it was very like um driven that you had to be black in this particular way because that was what the culture that was created you know because black americans are very unique in the sense that um, they were uprooted from their original culture and then had to create their own culture when they were here, you know? And, um, also about, uh, we talked about, um, white women and, and our issues with them because there's, it's Great. almost, yeah, it's, you get it. It's almost as if, um, like a lot of, uh, and not all, obviously some of them are, are really like, <laughs> Some of them get it, but most of them don't. Um, and that's why they're, they've always been leading the, um, like carrying the torch for speaking on behalf of other races and other other people in general. And yeah. she had a really good perspective about how, if you think about it, like before, before now, they were they never had, they didn't have a, uh, as many rights as men, like as as far as white men go. But they also didn't have to do anything either other than maintain a household you know and that kind of creates that kind of creates a bubble in itself for human beings because like they didn't have to they didn't have to go they didn't have to work like and a lot of them own slaves 
and so they really didn't have to work. You know what I mean? Other people were doing even the housework for them, you know? So now it's like uh, fighting for other people's rights has become a, a, the equivalent of like a scrapbook project. Like, oh, I'll just, I'll just help people get their rights back, you know? And inserting themselves in these things and not realizing that sometimes even though their intentions are good, it seems incredibly undermining to the people that they're trying to help. Yeah, I remember a conversation my wife and I had about working with this charity um, that was working in an underprivileged country. And Mm -hmm. she brought up a good point that I never really thought about because I'm just like, oh, they're doing good. Let's just worry about getting money. And it's like, how do you know they want what this Western world stuff is providing for them? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, just because we think they should have X, Y, and Z doesn't mean that's the culture that they are shooting for. And I was like, huh. But Yeah, you, you shouldn't be trying to gentrify entire other cultures in other countries. It's the same kind of thing. Like, oh, well, they should have what we have. Okay, do they well, want that? Well, luckily what? it's too, well, luckily it's twofold though, right? And also it should be, it's helping them in the way that they want to be helped. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also on top of that, there's this thing that, I call it the Michelle Pfeiffer complex, where it's uh, it's just women, it's white women that want to save other people. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. it's the idea of the, which is which in itself is still like slightly racist because you still think that you're better than someone enough to be able to save them. You in your mind are the superhero. Yeah. As opposed to empowering people and allowing themselves to better themselves, now you're like, oh, you like these people are the damsel in distress, and I get to play the white guy and save them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it switched to white guy. Oh, back on us. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, to just to white women because they don't have another thing. No, I, I know that's what you're saying. That they've that's put them on the pedestal. And I, I get what you're saying. It's a god complex. It's a mm-hmm. and um, and you know people drive in bad neighborhoods and they go, oh, that's so terrible. And it's like it's so well, terrible. But then they will lock their doors too. So it's like terrible. <laughs> And but it's also like it's not it's a it's not terrible and b like it's a lot of what people know sometimes when you grow up in just an insular kind of area and so it's like it's not as bad to them as you think because you've had it so good in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Then the, then the other part of like backtracking a little bit that charity did really make a lot of efforts to make sure they're integrated in the culture and not pushing pushing like everything we do here because they i ended up talking with them and they were like yeah america's not doing everything that great on every scale you know we're gonna Mm -hmm. take what's good and try to help them get in the economy like job placement and stuff but the other part of it was it'll just take care of itself if they don't if that charity didn't get attracted to didn't if they brought western ideas and the people they're trying to help didn't want them it's just not going to take, right? So it just, right. it'll just kind of take, like, it's almost... It's just going to be like one of those bar rescue shows, essentially, where it just oh. looks like, oh, look, we changed this, and then three months later, the business closes anyways, or they go back to the way that they used to do it, or whatever, what have you. You brought up golf as comedy and my favy, uh, bar rescue. <laughs> That's all I want to do is I promise, in. listeners, we did not have this set up ahead of time. All I wanted to do is walk into businesses and go and just yell at, like, John Taffer. That's... I'm pitching mm-hmm. it to my friend at E 
uh carrie if you're listening i know you're not but uh, <laughs> we are going to do it one day where you can follow me around with cameras because literally you're right it are is, you gonna do comedy clubs specifically no 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 that, that so that takes a certain kind of like either it's the corporate ones now or you got the one-offs with the owner and it's discipline it's that that's why i'm working on it internally it's that thing of like i gotta get you gotta get better always continuously improve and mm -hmm. it's a behavioral thing that those businesses go back to being shitty and it's, right. It, you're right it almost is a ruse to come in there and go we're gonna flip everything around now some people do need a genuine jump start i need i need something to be a catalyst to get me going in the right direction <coughs> for me mm -hmm. if i'm trying to lose weight i have to eat so much gross shit that it'll gross me out so much over a weekend that I'll, I'll get so mad at myself that I'll go the other way. I think that might be like a personality trait for you though. I think so. Oh, yeah, sometimes sure. people I'm, are just like, Oh, I think I'm going to stop eating like shit for now. I'm giving an example. They don't have sure. to, they don't have to create a rock bottom for themselves in order. <laughs> yeah. It's different for, it's different for, but the other thing is, is, is also being aware and being very careful in the nonprofits that you associate yourself with, because there's a lot of them that are scams. Like, the March of Dimes, I think they give something ridiculous like 10% or maybe even less to the actual cause. And then they yep. keep the rest of it for the organization. So it's like you also have to be, you know, conscious of stuff, things like that, you know, because a lot of times people are just giving money to these organizations, never really looking into them, but having that mentality like, oh, they're doing good. Just give them money. And then guess what? They're not really doing anything other than feeding into a thing that's making money off of you feeling bad about other people dude I, you're talking to a guy who did a tour with susan g komen for the cure in like 2010 and we looked at like mm -hmm. oh we raised a lot of money for us for no namers and then we looked at like yep. oh none of this really goes to research it goes to awareness and we're like fuck yeah there we're aware at that point like we were yeah we got it pink gloves on nfl receivers we got it like we're, they're wearing pink nikes we're aware like yeah. we don't need everybody on this uh, in this country is aware that you can get lumps in your tits right. everybody <laughs> right. knows that they're right. one of the most precious body parts in general you know what i mean to men and women alike and so like we don't need any more awareness now we need money to go towards the research to preventing it and you know things like that like yeah what well, the bcrf is the one it needs to go to the research foundation not them and right coman i went to their office in like dallas the headquarters and i was like oh my god this thing even if it's free even if they pay free rent there's no such thing as free it's a business and yep. they, had, they had so many branding partners like kfc which you can even look at it like contributes to like uh the worse you eat nutritionally the wor the the higher chance you can get even though that's not it wasn't really founded in, in any studies but they they don't want to come out and say anything but there is uh there is a lot of kind of like speculation that could be ha happening so and that actually that actually creates a, a difficulty within the nonprofit too because then you have these big conglomerates like this that are contributing so much money and they're also stifling research in particular areas because it it, it messes with their market base you know or yeah. their 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 um well yeah is it, their, is it yeah, the word, word i think is it okay your, your target audience your marketing your, mm -hmm. your, your uh who you're trying to sell shitty chicken to yeah you know <laughs> well <laughs> and i wrote today i don't like to be controversial but they have the shittiest fries of all fast food <laughs> um potato fries they're like wedges right who wants that i think our, our mutual yeah. friend larry fulford 
uh, was uh, giving me guff about it. But all right, let's get on. <laughs> so you you've got the podcast, uh, and I started it, and um, we're like I said, we're about eight weeks in, and I want to know how to get people to listen to it because I know now, like the people that have listened to it, I've retained. Like we've it's gone like every week more and more people listen and we're at about the average which is about um i think they said an average podcast within the first two months or something like that or three months is like a hundred and a hundred and change per episode and we already we had got that pretty quickly and have maintained that and it's still building so now it's like 140 or 150 every week it just goes up more and more um which and i get to be you have to be patient and build something but yeah. at the same time, I want to know if there's something that I'm not doing marketing wise to either work smarter or if there's just something that I should be doing to really just put it out there. So, yeah. So when you you were hitting me up about it, I was like, oh, this is great. I want to have my friends on that I can help because uh, I was I was doing this over the phone and helping friends out. And I'm like, well, this is kind of what my podcast was supposed to be about. It's kind of get the sweat equity going on a project you're working on. Uh, right. I can impart any advice I have. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not Seth Godwin or whatever you know, Godin uh, or uh, yeah. some of these bigger marketer guys. But I do know, like, I do know philosophically what what you need to do. And so, so well, and you also you're also consulting people on how to mm -hmm. do this kind of thing, anyways. So all the time. Whoa. Mm -hmm. uh, and so my thing is, uh, all right. So let's start with. And some of this is going to apply to just any local business. So I'll start with, I'm going to start with the general stuff and then mm -hmm. I'm going to go into more podcast uh, specific. So with uh, general, I tell everybody this, it's just like they tell you in real estate uh, marketing, it's a, a, a sphere of influence, right? A ripple effect. You have your core mm -hmm. people. I'm making a fist for those listening. You have your core people. <laughs> You've got a circle around that. That's your friends of friends. And then around that, you have the friends of friends of friends, your acquaintance kind of level, as I call it. So it's just like the earth. You got the crust on the outside, you got the stuff in the middle, and you got the core in, in the center. Yeah, a gobstopper, a Russian doll, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever kind yeah, of sure. metaphor you like. <laughs> I use the ripple effect because it's going to come from inside out always. So just mm -hmm. remember that kind of philosophically. If you have 150 people listening now, that's great. You just started and you did it guerrilla style. You haven't spent... Mm -hmm. dick load of money into it um and we'll get to that part but the first thing i tell everybody is do you have a website i have started doing like uh social media ads once a week well, but I'll, i haven't been putting very much money into that i'll get down to that in a little bit but uh mm -hmm. let's start website you got some place where people can land not just a facebook page but a, a website yeah no, i have no. no i just have like the hosting site so what I would say is uh, make a Squarespace site. It's like 10 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. They should be our, our yep. sponsors since I make about 100 sites in Squarespace. Um, <laughs> give me a promo code, dog. Come on, Squarespace. So Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so get, get a site. And every time you post one, like I'm going to post this uh, on Thursday. Um, and mm -hmm. so when I post it, it's going to go through our company website. But if I was doing it standalone, um, it would be its own so should i put it see i already have a um i already have uh i already have my own website do you think it would be should i just put a page on mine sure yeah that's great instead so, of having to start a whole nother one 
Yeah, because you got to remember, not everybody's on Facebook and not everybody's on Twitter and not everybody. Sure. So you need, like we were talking before we started, like, you know, we're doing this on video on Google Hangout because I want this podcast to be digested in the way the user wants to digest it. And I can, mm-hmm. obviously I can't get it on every medium, but if, uh, if video, I'm doing a good job with Facebook and YouTube and having it both there. Uh, mm-hmm. People under our age are watching podcasts for what reason? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that's a thing. Uh, right. And then the other part of it is. Uh, Even if it's not the whole thing, right? You should just at least have parts of it. Video. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so um, the other part of it is so you have the audio, you embed that on a post. This sounds more complicated than it is. It's really easy. Um, and so you have a blog post, you have a link to push out instead of just the link of the episode from like iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that's, I'd start with, start posting on the website. That's one, right. Uh, and have an image with it. Try to have an image with it. That's something other than the cover photo. If you have a guest, it's easy to use a guest photo. Um, mm-hmm. like, you know, you do Libsyn when you upload it libsyn.com or you do soundcloud what do you do oh i do a podbean podbean all right so don't wipe away the cover of some people do this on accident they keep changing the the itunes cover photo right yeah no i everything that that's uniform that stays the same it's just the episode when i post it that image is different every week yeah so so uh so make it make a template where you can just drop in the guest photo right Mm -hmm. you know it has your face it has uh your co-host face because people when we're scrolling through and we'll get to that part when when we're posting it but when you're scrolling through people will stop and go "Er," you know oh shit that's the podcast yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so that i started putting my face on our stuff and we we've gotten kind of three times more traffic from like my social circle really um gotcha yeah so that helps uh so once you have the post then email list email list is still number one it's still number one by far people Mm -hmm. think oh well i don't and this is where being a comic actually helps a lot because what a lot of people tell me is they go i don't know i get a lot of shitty emails i dump them and it's like yeah that's you okay yeah most people still will look at them it's just like junk mail in your actual mail. They still glaze over it before they throw it away. Right. And try to get, so, so you're building that audience. See if you can get them email list started with the mm-hmm. 150 like strong people. Well, I have that, like some emails from like me being on the road and stuff like that. I started collecting emails perfect. and I thought about dropping out like, yeah. you know, a newsletter with, Hey, I'm, I started this. So the, th- the thing about for, this media, yeah. Look, man, the thing about this medium is it is like it is like your friend is in the room. Like most people are listening to this mm-hmm. with earbuds. Uh, I've had clients vet me out by listening to like the last six or eight episodes because if they think I'm a bullshit artist, they can. It's really hard to do over over a series of episodes. an hour podcast. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like my thing with that is like, yeah, you have an email list. Go to MailChimp start it's drag mm-hmm. and drop just like squarespace really easy you're mm-hmm. smart you're smart enough to follow youtube videos to figure out how to do this stuff but yeah. every time you have an episode push it out man push it out from you get your co-host to do the same you guys have what's called social capital is the douchey term but you have social mm-hmm. capital so you guys got two ripples really 
he uh, he so he he's got his audience. I forgot who your co-host. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Brian Vokey. Brian, he's, Brian, he's also he doesn't have as as large of an audience as I do, but he still has a, a bit of an audience and like an influence over, you know, uh, and actually a completely different scene too of the, right. like type of people, which 20, is awesome. Hey, it's it's worth it if it's twenty people on an email list, right? So like, mm-hmm. and I always tell like we have about five hundred to a thousand listen to this. And I try to tell people, think about being in the in the Ebor Improv or being in one of these big comedy clubs and seeing that many people in one room. And they go, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that feel, it feels a lot bigger. So try to build on the audience. So what I would tell my audience is, hey, if you like this, please push it out. You know, take that link, pause this right now, and text your friend that needs help with X, Y, and Z. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes that helps as a little bit of a promo within the podcast. Um, because you want to build that core audience out. Um, so the email blast will be great. Have something that says, if you could do us a favor and share this with a friend or share this with mm-hmm. a friend that hates these subjects, that might be a, a yeah. kind of branding way of doing it. Cause you mm-hmm. like, as you're going write down the main things y'all are hating on or talking about or what you don't for like. sure because it's not all like all the episodes aren't heavy like that like this was a probably heavier episode but sure. we also had uh we had brad williams on and he talked about he, how why he was mad that people didn't serve lunch all day like maybe he wants a chicken caesar wrap at seven in the morning like he should be able to get that you know or about therapy dogs or like yeah. um we had jackie cation on talking about like women's public restrooms and how we're supposed to be the cleaner of the two sexes and it's like the grossest place like it's women, so women are secretly grosser than men i the, yeah, i, I have a sure. bit about it i look at my bathroom and i'm like what the fuck every day um so yeah. like yeah so you're, you're already booking good guests that's more specific stuff i'll get to in a second but let's take all right so you do the episode you post it on the site and you, you get a punch list of like Here's the, here's the routine. Cause I, after this, cause that's what I want to create. Like if I have a step-by-step of things I need to do, I can do all of it. All right. So, so I just do the parts that I do. I know how to do. And then the rest of it, I just don't know yet. You know, here, I'll do, I can do it off the top of my head. Cause I've been doing it mm-hmm. a college football one for five years. And my mm-hmm. thing with this is spin. I want to spend the least amount of time doing it while making it still quality. And so right. I just try to find all these little hacks all the time. So number one, uh, when you get the when you get the podcast episode done, export it, you know, put it out on everything, schedule it, ready to go, do mm-hmm. it immediately after you're done. So as soon as we get it off, I'm gonna try to do that because if I delay it, then it'll just sit there and it'll just get in my to do and I'll never get to it. Um, gotcha. Make that cover image for the post uh, with your your guest in it. Then um, on the post, embed any video, any of the any of the text like. I don't like X, Y, and Z. So, so video editing, if you do any editing, I don't, I just kind of wrap music around this and that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Three, make the post Four email blast MailChimp's free up until 2000 subscribers. MailChimp mm-hmm. should be subscribed, should be promoting this podcast uh, advertising on here. All right. So you got, <laughs> you got f- those four things, right? It, it sounds daunting. You can do all of that in about 20 minutes once you get the hang of it. Uh, Then five. All right. Now schedule out the posts for social media, like your organic. So you're going to have a page for the podcast and then you're going to have your individual pages. Right. If if you want to spend 10 bucks a month and get Hootsuite or Buffer to help you with Mm -hmm. that, 
that might be worth it. It might be a good cost okay. benefit. You might want to roll it into, you know, what you're doing to promote your brand anyway, as a comedian, because mm -hmm. this is yeah. kind of one chunk of, of you as a, as a company, really as a brand. Right. Does, mm -hmm. I, I hate saying you as a brand. This is a department of my department store. That is me. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, the comedy is the main, the main part but you're going to be doing acting and you're going to be doing podcasts, but yeah, this is the thing that will bring in people into your, it to see you eventually. Like we know comedians that are doing well by building an audience through the podcast, then people want to come see them. Um, yeah. So, so much so that they're do, just doing live podcasts and stuff like that as well. And like people before it'd be like maybe only 10 or 12 people would actually come out to something like that. But now it's like huge, like uh, Burt Kreischer and Doug Stanhope just did a, a live swap cast in, in Bisbee and they had like hundreds of people there to watch it. Already listened to it. Papa, mm -hmm. Bur Papa Burt went to my high school and uh, I listened to his podcast because it's interesting how how many yeah. Tampa things he'll throw in there. But uh, also, <laughs> I like his stuff of like, stay in the nautical beacons, find these people to look at and go, I'm, I need to kind of stay within my zone kind of thing. Who's going to mm -hmm. keep me in that discipline zone? Uh, all right. So you've got, after the email, start uh, setting up. All right. This is the best time to send the email to your audience, by the way. Uh, if you have a professional crowd sitting at 630 in the mornings, awesome. If you've got kind of a crowd that might wake up later, you know, maybe lunch might be the best time to send that email. You've mm -hmm. got to be curious about the stats that you're looking at and make bets. How would you find out that information? It's on MailChimp, man. They let you know. So, so like, MailChimp would tell you like when they look at the email, yep. when they open it, that type mm -hmm. of info. So, okay. So it has all the analytics in there. Okay. It'll, it'll tell you what email clicked on something. Like it'll tell you a click rate. So the email might have a good open rate. A good open rate's about 20%. That's like uh, decent. Um, so subject line matters. So if you write like, I'd write like one, I'd pull out one line while you're doing the podcast and use that as a subject line, you know, cause there's going to be one mm -hmm. funny line. Well, it's usually what I use to, to title the, each episode. But switch it up, you know? see if it works. Mm -hmm. So you're always making bets. I wondered if I just did subject lines where I pulled out a funny quip that's standalone. Mm -hmm. That might pull more yeah. intrigue on the people I'm emailing. You know, like if I just do the title, maybe they saw that earlier and didn't, you know, go over. Um, so do that. And then we get to the social. So post it on, you know, if you're going to post an image on Instagram or a photo or a video, maybe try to pull that image of the cover and put it there. But if you have mm -hmm. video, video might play a lot better. So if you do like a teaser video once you're done, you know, we just did this episode. It's out right now. Something like that. You can always do mm -hmm. that. Um, but Instagram's tough because it doesn't link out. So you have to put like links in the bio. You know how to do that. Yeah. Um, um, Facebook, make a Facebook page uh, for the podcast. And then you have your, your personal account. So find the best mm -hmm. times to push stuff out. Then I'm sloppy about it. I kind of just do it willy nilly. But if I was smart and I was really dedicating time to it, you know, make that page because then you can advertise through that page too. Right. Uh, and that's what that's how I've been doing it is because uh, that's the other thing too is Facebook is 
their algorithm is really shitty as far as like you, first of all, leaving any external links. So I always know to put everything in the comments. Um, so, so more people get to see it. And also it's like, I, I'll post it from the actual page itself and share it several times on several different pages. And then I'll also post about it directly onto my own page. So it might too. be, it might be worth figuring out how to do video and posting the video there. Cause we found, mm -hmm. we found like, yeah, maybe I'm not getting the downloads audio wise, but mm -hmm. for a college football one, we do video. I post it. And then I target expats, people not in the United States, but love college football. So people that born here that love college football because they don't have anything to listen to. So I used to advertise 20 bucks. We get like 3,000 views. Like we get like an insane amount of people for that low amount of money. Right. But I, I'm, I'm super proficient with Facebook stuff. I'll get to that in a second though. We're just talking, I, I always talk about like, when you put money behind anything on social media, you're technically making an advertisement. So a boosted post, right. people are like, and people are like, it doesn't work. And I'm like, it works. That's a, it, it does work if you're calculated about it, if you don't just throw money at it without any thought behind it. I'll get, I'll get to it. I'll tell you some secrets. So <laughs> uh, Pinterest, I would look into Pinterest. I know that sounds really? silly. Man, yeah. I've been trying to dodge Pinterest for so long. Women, women and European men use Pinterest. Now you use it the way you want to use it. Don't, don't feel like you have to be corny and like post inspirational shit all the time. It's just, an, yeah. it's another way people might find you. Not everybody on mm -hmm. Pinterest is what the aforementioned white housewife that's really entitled, you know, right. A lot of people, it's a vision board for a lot of people. That's mm -hmm. I, I tell people when we talk about advertising, I go, look, I know you don't want to hear this cause you're a dude or you hate Pinterest, but like that shit, people are very, very like loyal well a lot of designers a lot of like people who are in the art world really use it too um because they use it for a lot of like resources and stuff like that yeah. to create new images mm -hmm. each one of these has its own game right so like yeah you'll figure out what to use from the podcast to really pull people in and it might be mm -hmm. it might be a quote from your guest or it might be now you can do video on there linkedin mm -hmm. I know LinkedIn. Now we're getting down the douchey rabbit hole. Ugh. Look, I'm telling you, it's so legit. bad. It's legit. If there's <laughs> anything business worthy about that podcast, which it sounds like there might be. Which, I don't think it is. I think it's a bunch of comedians complaining about shit. Look, everything's business. That's why I love doing <laughs> what I do. Uh, there's a business to everything. And it could be, it could be work-life balance. It could be venting. I, I'll tell mm -hmm. you this much. A lot of the people we have on retainer, I meet with them once a week. It's mostly to be a vocational therapist more than anything. <laughs> so, but you never know how it might be. You might find on LinkedIn that you are a resource for people to find that thing to vent about when you're the boss, when you're a big time C-suite kind of executive, you don't have mm -hmm. anybody to, to bitch to. So sometimes podcasts are cathartic. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd say don't worry about that one as much, but it's something to think about. Um, okay. Twitter is too fleeting you got to tweet seven to ten times a day like our boy matt fernandez fat Hernandez on twitter to really to really gain an audience but mm -hmm. uh, set it up so when you post on facebook or instagram it'll automatically ping over to twitter mm -hmm. at least it's there same with google plus again another thing that's like who looks on there there's a there's an audience it's just not we just don't use it um there are people on there that use it 
and you never you never know where you find these little niche audiences and yeah what happens is more than not is when in snapchat i don't really know i'm kind of the old man i i have to use my my youngins in the office to really coach me up but you you a lot of people what i understand is like we all looked at dane cook with myspace as the example but i'll go to like just i've had a lot of people find success in one of these things it could be pinterest and you just ride mm-hmm. that horse a little bit more and you figure out right oh, you push shit. it out on all the on all of the things whichever one is like gaining more traction you push harder towards that one but don't ignore the ones that aren't at least at least mm-hmm. throw the link over to those you never know how someone's going to find you and then be that that loyal listener or that person that comes see you live to to murder on stage so mm-hmm. all right so that's your organic social reach right so then uh we can advertise on all those platforms and so it sounds like you're getting familiar with Facebook and Instagram as an advertising platform. But if you're boosting mm-hmm. a post, if you're boosting a post, you're in elementary school. If you're in the ads manager, you're in high school. But if you want to do ads correctly in the college level style, you got to go to the power, mm-hmm. power editor because you, it lets you do more in the power editor. Uh, you can get more precise. But what you need to focus mm-hmm. on for audiences what you can do, and because I, I know you can't spend five hours doing the marketing of every episode, but it gets easier. Right. The more you do this, the easier this gets. But um, what you can do is create target audiences. So, mm-hmm. like, if you think you're t- what is well, that's what I go when anytime I run a, a Facebook ad, I go through and I don't I don't let it because it's like you know push it to people who like your page, push it to friends of the people who like your page or push it through a targeted audience. And I always go through that. And I figure out, like I look at, at, our, at our analytics and see who, who, what part of the country is listening to it. And I push those more. And then I also, um, I, uh, it's also like interests. I also go through interests and stuff like that. And things that we talk about on the podcast, um, comedy in general, stuff like that. Like I go through and I, and I make it, like precise but you're gonna you're as gonna, far as where it's going you're gonna kill yourself if you're trying to do it per episode and trying to find this these audiences what you need to do is you have you create like three audiences right that are just mm-hmm. always there ready for you to advertise through so you have you have the people through the page and the friends of the people from the page you've got that right then you've mm-hmm. got maybe you know people that like podcasts this is a tough one because i can't i haven't been able to figure out like what interests and behaviors makes someone because they don't have it like a a templated kind of behavior on facebook like i can i can target people that make a certain amount of money per year or their net worth is over a million but i can't get i for whatever reason they don't have podcast listener as like as something they can target um Mm -hmm but maybe try to figure out that formula. All right, people that listen to Serial and uh, This American Life and uh, Brad's podcast and, and Dork Forest and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the guests you've had on, you know, maybe that'll be, start adding to that. Like the, they're already listening to podcasts, so I'm guessing that they're gonna, they listen to more than one, right? Right. 
It's like, well, that's the thing. It's it's just like people who listen to talk radio listen to more than one person talking. They listen to like Howard Stern. They'll listen to like, for instance, like in Florida, Monsters. They'll listen to like yeah. several different things. And so I've tried to uh, I've tried to do that with. There's a great podcast. It's based out of Orlando called A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. They have a huge a huge fan base, and they've had me on to promote mine. And like I'll post. They don't mind if I post about my podcast in their specific groups and stuff yeah. like that because they know they're not going to lose their audience to me. The audience just might listen to more than one podcast now. Yeah. So, um, that, that's, well, I was going to get into more podcast specific stuff. This, this is still in the general area, but try to find the stuff that mm -hmm. aligns with your, that you can target, like that's similar to you. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I'm speaking generally, but I'm also trying to speak specifically. Yeah, for sure. So the podcast specific, you're right. You're doing a good job. Like, Go on other people's podcasts. This is my buddy Nick Snap of uh, Make It Snappy. If you listen to his, um, it's it's a productivity and operations podcast. Don't get all wet now. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it is like, I'm like, wow, you're really finding these Six Sigma guys to listen. And it, it's more of that he's your buddy that tells you, hey, here's some discipline things. Here's some apps you can use to to stay on top of stuff. So you're, mm -hmm. you're more productive. But um, he told me he's in the Florida Podcasters Association. Um, and he told me kind of what he's been doing to grow his audience. And the biggest thing he told me was by getting in one of these associations like that, it was able for him to book uh, himself on other podcasts. Now mm -hmm. I try to explain to him, like comedians are pretty cool about it. If I was diligent, I'd be, proactive and say hey let me can i come on to do it or like this kind of came up mm -hmm. and i was like why don't you come on mine um and so the more and i try to do that with other comic because now everybody it's there's so many comedy podcasts though so, so it's easy for me to just be like can so, i just be on yours <laughs> so, yeah but what he told me that was really interesting because i know the comedy podcast we we both know those we were comedy nerds we have to be but mm -hmm. the one he told me that got more listeners over than anything was some horse podcast some guy in like north carolina that has like eight million like listeners really some, yeah so you find these like niche ones that like he did and he was like dude i got more listeners from that than anything uh any guest i've been on anything because oh, wow. because that guy cultivated an audience over 10 years of horse fanatics but it's uh, like every show it's more than just horses it's 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 him and so mm -hmm. you've got this this really and it's a high class kind of um probably well educated or proactive listening base so mm -hmm. you're getting people that are the kind of people the funny thing is i saw when you posted like hey could you subscribe and rate uh, our podcast and mm -hmm. it's, it's funny how many people, the ADD of people that click on it, get ADD and forget to do it completely. They're like, what yeah. was I doing here? It took too long yeah. on my Boost mobile phone. I forgot. Yeah. You know, so like, so it's also important to go like, what podcast do you want? Like, try to play your own booking agent for podcasts. Like, what would I want to get on? Mm -hmm. and what I need a reason to go on sometimes. Like, I want to get on uh, like Corollas one day. I, I need, mm -hmm. like, but I need a reason to do it. And I think if I have an album, then I have something to push. But for now, when I come out to LA one day in the near future, like I'm just not going to go, Hey, I should come on, <laughs> you know, like right. some of the bigger ones, it might be good to, but promote. you could also just be like, I want to push the, uh, your podcast too. Like a lot of times, like they'd be cool with just that. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be specifically an album, but sure. you know, if you really want to like, yeah. 
I could push this. I mean, co- comics for the most part are pretty cool about it. Yeah, but I mean, I I'd rather I'd rather have like a goal kind of thing, and that's the, that was the last mm-hmm. thing I was gonna say. Try to be curious about the stats you have, and then also make goals. Like, all right, by the end of the the end of the summer, let's say end of July or August or whatever, we we want to get to the. This is what I do with every client. I get on our big whiteboard. You can see behind me, uh, kind of fuzzed out behind the mm-hmm. behind the pane of glass there. Um, but I get on the big whiteboard and I go, "What do you want to do with the, this business?" So try to treat it like just its own little business, right? And mm-hmm. uh, right, I write the goals on the right hand side. All right, we want to get to two thousand listeners. What's realistic goals? Two thousand listeners by August, the end of August. All right, now we're that's August. We're in May. How are we going to get to there? And all those tactics that we just went over that you can re-listen to this podcast, you know, uh, at your leisure, I'm trying to say leisure instead mm-hmm. of leisure, down uh, <laughs> fancier, um, yeah. but like do all those tactics and I promise you, you're going to see a lot of results. And mm-hmm. honestly, your friends probably don't even know you're doing it. You know, like as much as you post, 10% of your audience sees what you post organically. So when you're posting something, if you add a question, that's why you see the bigger companies, the bigger brands, they add a question because it increases engagement. And the more people that, the more people that engage, 5% of their friends see it. So like, just think of that just philosophically. If you can drum up a way for people to kind of, to ask a question or I I like, I like, I was just dicking around ranking French fries just to my Mm -hmm. friends because I wanted to see, it's a, I wasn't really like, this is the official list. This is what I think yeah. about French fries. I right. just wanted to see how much it's going to drum up people to actually comment. So not being sneaky to any of my friends that did anything, but checkers is number one always. But uh, <laughs> but I'm saying like, just by ranking French fries, how many of my friends came out of the woodwork that normally are, are trolls? They don't, they don't write anything, but they see it. How yeah. many of them started commenting? It's really interesting. So it goes back to that gut of being a stand-up. You walk up and you see a guy in a Jimmy Buffett shirt. And you're like, "Hey, what's up, Tommy Bahama? Let's get a margarita." Like when you're on stage. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of shit you can pull your gut. All right, what is the audience? How are people interacting online? And how can we build this up in a fun way without being a douchebag about it? You know, like mm-hmm. there's. I'm sure you see comics that are very self-promoting, and it hurts your soul. You don't have to be that. But you can't right. put you can't put effort in the direction to really build up. Well, that's that what audience. that's what I try to tell people because it's like so many comics like think any kind of advertising is you being a douche, and I'm like, no, you can still put yourself <laughs> out there and not in a way that makes people want to roll their eyes at you, you know. Um, and that's kind of what I've I've tried to do with uh, with my brand is being like, hey, I'm here, and uh, listen, and I've and I've even tried to be anti-advertising about it like hey can you write this so i don't have to keep posting about it like can you guys do this thing because you're you're, i don't want to keep doing i don't want to have to keep i know you don't want to keep looking at it i don't want to keep posting it so just go rate it i've even offered people money i've done like if you go rate the podcast i'll venmo you two bucks yeah i like that i thought that was i i I wanted to ask (laughs) about i forgot to ask about that did anybody take that did anybody do it did you send anybody yeah we have 19 reviews now we have 19 reviews now and and some and then some people like didn't even want the money they were like no just i just you know because i still offered it and i was like give me your info i'll send you the money and they're like no don't even worry about it and i'm like all right that's that's the intriguing thing that got them in like how many of those 19 Mm -hmm. that did it on the venmo post right 
if you just didn't have the yeah. Venmo part, how many of them would have done it? I'd say probably very few, you know, like, uh, yeah, probably like two, I would right. say two or three. Right. I've at, I had asked previously for people to rate it. And I was like, look, I have this time window where like, if we get X amount of reviews by then it might be considered for new and noteworthy, which is big. And I explained the whole thing. So no, there's no, there's no deceiving. Everything's transparent. This is how it works. This is why I'm asking you to do this. So next time, um, you know. next time, make a video, video of you doing it because video plays more on Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. Like Facebook wants to compete with YouTube to be a video provider. So, uh, if you are pushing something, try to do a video, just like, mm -hmm. just like you're doing right now on the Google Hangout. Just put in the iPhone mic, uh, headphone set, and just go, hey, here's what we're trying to do. Keep it under 30 seconds if you can. That seems to be yeah. the sweet, sweet spot. Um, but go, hey, here's the cheat. This is what I tell at the beginning of our podcast. Hey, if you want to help us out, here's the cheat code. And I'll say it to the audience right now. Hey, if you want to help this podcast out, the cheat code, we're on Laughable and we're on iTunes. If you want to help us get up the reviews on iTunes or get up the rankings, the cheat code to get up for this podcast, we're in the business sector, not the comedy one, is uh, rate, review, and then subscribe. Now, you may not be a subscriber forever because whatever for whatever reason, iTunes will take you off subscription after like three weeks if you don't listen to it. That's fine. But I just need everybody to do it at once so we can shoot up. That's the cheat code. Subscribe. Give us a five star and write something that's a sentence long. What we did for on the college football podcast, and we should have promoted it better, was um, mm -hmm. funniest review is going to get a ticket to the to the national championship. And oh so, wow, that's fun. That's so, huge. So, so do something like that. Find something that you can give away that we we had access to it. Um, find something that you can do like, hey, funniest because funny reviews people think that everybody thinks they're funny. We talked about that earlier. Like yeah. <laughs> everybody's got a sense of humor. So go funniest review. You get to come on the podcast or give some kind of reward um, mm -hmm. and see if that works. You know, that's, uh, that's a promotion without losing your shirt as far as your brand, you know? Um, yeah. And that to me, it was kind of fun. It was like, Oh, I wonder what people are going to write. They're going to hate on me, which is fine. I can take it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, that's a cool contest. And I wish I promoted it harder because I should be going on on screen and going, Hey, do me a favor, go to this link that I'm posting right now, uh, and rate review, subscribe. And then if you're a badass, share it with your friends. Uh, mm -hmm. this is what we're trying to do. And that organic kind of really like authentic way of doing it. That's the way to do it. You know, you genuinely care about this enough to come publicly yeah. on this podcast, you know, uh, why not, why not? give a little bit of what you do on stage, a little bit of that empathy uh, mixed with ego in kind of promoting this, you know, mm -hmm. I think, but I think that's our time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh shit, I got a, I got another meeting right after this. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming on, man. And we can have you back. Let's have you back on in a couple months and then you can sure talk about what. we can talk about a progress well, yeah because that's the other part people do a lot of stuff and then they never and comedians should be awesome at this because all we do is we look at results and go why the fuck is that so always be curious about mm -hmm. the stats and just google's your friend you can google a lot of shit like all right why is this ad doing well and this one isn't you can google mm -hmm. a lot of stuff to figure it out so um and there's probably 
there's probably a bunch of other things I don't even know about promoting a podcast because obviously this one isn't huge. But, um, but you know, come on and let's see the progress maybe in like July or something and we'll see how it goes. Okay, that sounds great. All right, thanks dude. for having me on. It's good to see you. All right, dude. Good to Bye. see you too. See ya. Peace. <laughs>